Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, curiosity and how we can use it to get ahead. Animals are curious too, but humans are the only ones who are interested in the why question. Uh, namely, they are looking for causes. They want to understand the causes. What makes people curious is the subject of a book our next guest recently wrote. Mario Livio is an internationally known astrophysicist based here in the, in the D.C. region. He's a best-selling author and a popular lecturer. And we're going to talk about the subject of his new book, Why? What Makes Us Curious? Mario, thanks for taking the time to join us. Thank you for having me. Well, it seems to me that uh, it's a book that's very needed right now, but why did you decide to write a book about curiosity and what makes us curious? Well, the answer is actually very simple. Uh, I happen to be a very curious person myself, uh, both in the science that I did and in general. I'm curious about art, about music, uh, in addition to the science. And at one point, I just became so curious about curiosity itself that I decided to do some research on it, and eventually I wrote this book. Did you find it surprising how, when you went out to research it, how many people took curiosity for granted but actually didn't really think about what made us curious? Uh, yes, and not only that. What I found to my surprise is I, I thought that curiosity is so important that you know all neuroscientists or a large part thereof uh, and, and the psychologist will be working on this. And it turns out that actually the number of researchers that focus specifically on curiosity is relatively small. So they weren't curious about curiosity. <laughs> they were curious about many things, but not specifically about curiosity. So you, you found people that are studying it. There are different types of curiosity, aren't there? And how, how would you describe them? Yes, uh, there is a curiosity that has been dubbed perceptual curiosity. That's what we feel when something surprises us or it doesn't agree with what we know or think we know. Uh, then there is a curiosity that is called epistemic curiosity. That's the love of knowledge. That's, you know, when we try to do research or when artists try to, you know, think very deeply about their art and things like that. Uh, there is specific curiosity, which is, you know, the need for a very small piece of information, like who wrote that book or what's the name of that actor. And finally, there is diversive curiosity, which is the type of thing that you see young people constantly, uh, you know, looking at their smartphone to, to check for the latest text messages. <laughs> That's curiosity overcome by, uh, uh, over, it's overwhelmed. It's, it's interesting to me that you mentioned uh, young people as the most as the last group because I've had people tell me that they find that these days young people because of technology are less curious than earlier generations. Do you see any evidence of that? Um, I, I don't think they are less curious. They're, they may be curious about something else. Mm. Um, what is certainly true is that you know, the type of search for novelty, which is very typical for young people or even small children, uh, you know, the constant asking of why, 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 um, that actually tends to decline with age somewhat. Uh, but the epistemic curiosity, that, you know, wanting to really know and wanting to learn new things, that actually appears to be stay, staying fairly constant with age. And in your book, you point to various people like Leonardo and, and, and others that have this lifetime curiosity. That's what you're getting at. 
Uh, yes, th that's right. I mean, of course, Leonardo da Vinci, whom I discuss, and uh, people like Richard Feynman, mm. I mean, they, they are at the very extreme edge at the spectrum of curiosity. But all people are curious. I mean, other than, you know, people who are maybe suffer from very severe depression or have some particular brain damage. I mean, all people are curious. But they are curious about other things. Uh, and uh, the intensity of their curiosity, of course, does vary from one person to another. So is it fair to say that curiosity really is one of those things that makes us human beings? Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, yes. Uh, in fact, animals are curious too, uh, but not in the same way exactly. Uh, humans are the only ones who are interested in the why question. Uh, namely, they are looking for causes. They want to understand the causes while animals are curious, but they are not interested in unseen causes. You know, one of the problems or issues with curiosity is it threatens the status quo, right? Just people asking, of even course. Galileo threatened the status quo with, it's it's throughout history. Did you, as you've gone off and done this book tour, have you gotten the sense that this issue of curiosity is, this is a time when we need more curiosity, or how do people react? I, I absolutely believe that we need more curiosity because I, I coined this phrase, curiosity is the best remedy for fear. Uh, we're very often fearful of things that we don't know enough about or we don't understand. And by actually being curious about them and learning more about them, we can actually overcome these fears. So I, I honestly think that, well, there were, were, of course, entire periods in the history, like, you know, in medieval times where there were, were strong attempts to suppress curiosity. But even today, I think that we should really encourage uh, curiosity very much because it is the, a, a very good remedy for fear. And in fact, uh, from your book and, and others I've talked to, fear shuts down that part of the brain that makes us curious in some ways. Uh, yes, there are. I mean, it, it turns out that the transition from fear to uh, a reward is actually quite small. It happens in a almost the same part of the brain and you you move a little bit one way or another and and you can uh, uh, either generate pleasure or fear have you gone around the united states and you've done your book tour and you've shared this this uh, uh set of learnings with people what is the thing that you found most surprising as a curious person uh well you know the fact that there are these different types of curiosity really surprised me because they are different not only in our mind Perceptual curiosity, that thing when we're surprised, uh, is perceived as a, an unpleasant feeling. It's an aversive state. And it also, in the brain, it activates parts of the brain that are associated with conflict. On the other hand, epistemic curiosity, this love of knowledge, you know, lust of knowledge that we have, uh, that is, appears as a pleasurable state. And even in the brain, it is associated with regions that are activated when you anticipate reward. So they are really rather different things. In fact, I would almost argue that had we known this in advance, we might have even called these two things by different names and not used the same word, curiosity. Mary Olivia, thanks for taking the time to join us. Folks, check out Why, What Makes Us Curious. It's available in bookstores right now. Thanks again. Thank you.
A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online contributors are Michael Hoffman, Barbara Ulrich, and Candace Pye. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening.